The following program is sponsored by Cleveland Right to Life and is responsible for its content. Welcome to From the Median, a daily report from the front line of the pro-life movement, discussing two worldviews that are driving our culture in opposite directions. From the Median asks, which side of the road are you on? What direction do you want our culture to go? Tune in as we plan the route that takes us back to the culture of life. And now your host, Molly Smith. Good evening and welcome to From the Median, where we are concerned with the middle ground, not just to understand both sides of an argument, but also to awaken the consciences of those who are neutral or indifferent to this, the greatest civil rights movement of all times, the pro-life movement. Listeners, as always, thank you so much for joining us. It's great to have you with us. I have a brand new guest joining us today, and I'm so thrilled to have it on the program. You know, I love it when I can get people on the program who who have been endorsed by none other than people like Archbishop Charles Chaput. And as you all know, Archbishop Charles Chaput was the very first keynote speaker at our Bringing America Back to Life convention in 2010. So he has a very dear place in our hearts. And when I find that he's one of the people that has said, this, this, this lady is amazing. She's absolutely amazing. I'm so thrilled to be able to get her on the program. Ashley, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thank you for having me. And I'm going to introduce you now properly because I wanted to just get that out the way so I didn't forget. Ashley McGuire is a senior fellow with the Catholic Association, author of Sex Scandal, The Drive to Abolish Male and Female. And she's also the co-host of the nationally syndicated radio show, Conversations and Consequences. Her writing has appeared in the Wall Street Journal, the Washington Post, USA Today, Time, Newsweek, First Things, Real Clear Politics, the New New York Post and the Huffington Post, among many others. And she has appeared on CNN, Fox News, PBS, and most major television networks. And now she's here with us at From the Media. And this is so wonderful to have her with us. In March of 2013, Ashley traveled to Rome to cover the papal conclave and provided live commentary on major news outlets like CNN, International, and the BBC. In April of 2014, she traveled to Geneva to testify at the United Nations in defense of the Holy See. She has spoken about the pro-life movement, religious liberty, and feminism in academic settings, such as New York University, Princeton University, and Yale Law School. She is also, she lives in Washington, D.C., and with her husband and four children. And that's the part I love best about you, Ashley, or your, or your children. <laughs> <laughs> it's such fun, isn't it? They are, the, they are really, truly and truly the gift that God gives us all. So. They are. And to, and to make things more interesting, I'm having another one tomorrow. Oh, my goodness. Are we ever honored that you're on the program right before you? <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. That, that just shows you that God's graces are with you. Because if you can do this the day before you have your fifth child, my word. <laughs> that is absolutely wonderful. So, Ashley, tell us a little bit about yourself. How did you get involved in all of this? And uh, listeners, we Ashley's on the program because she has written an excellent article in Newsweek about what's going on here in Ohio and had and has already been uh, in in Michigan. So, both places where I'm uh, where, where we air our program. Um, but she she has written a, uh, an article about this dreadful, dreadful um, a, a constitutional amendment that's being put forward by the ACLU and Planned Parenthood. But first, before we get to that, Ashley, tell me a little bit about yourself. How did you get involved in all of this? Well, sure. You know, I've I've been a writer and writing for as long as I can remember. <clears throat> and um, I think this particular issue has just always been something that's been 
like this issue, I mean, the issue of, of life has just always been at the forefront of my mind as a, as sort of the pressing civil rights issue of the day. And I think there's especially a need um, for women uh, to speak out um, in defense of innocent human life, uh, because so often this is incorrectly framed um, as a quote unquote women's rights issue. When in fact, um, I think, you know, women are the drivers of uh, the pro-life movement and our voices need to be heard. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, and, and you, you speak out, you know, very regularly on the pro-life issue. Um, and now it's, you know, which is something that we had said probably back in 2010 and 11 and, and then really got involved in the whole full spectrum of, of, of the life movement, which we've, you know, which we've really uh, embraced. And that is when we got involved in the Cleveland Right to Life, I'm talking about, um, you know, in, in the whole homosexual issue, the, you know, the gay marriage issue and, you know, Cleveland Right to Life at the time said, you cannot, we cannot defend life unless we defend the family. And, and, you know, we made that a very strong point of what we were doing because we, we recognize, you know, the vast majority in, 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 uh, certainly in Ohio, I think it's like 80% of the abortions are on unwed married, uh, unwed, unmarried women. So unwed woman. And, and, you know, then you look at this and you say, wow. You know, yes, we can put up pregnancy centers and yes, we can do all of those things. And of course we must do those. But there's such a huge breakdown in, in just the whole structure of the family and your book. Tell us a little bit about your book. And then I want to jump into the whole of, um, issue of, of, of the amendment that's happening here in Ohio. Sure. So my book is about all of this insanity with denying the biological differences between men and women and my fundamental thesis is that when we deny differences between men and women um it's women who stand to lose the most um because we're the ones who benefit most from acknowledging and celebrating what makes us different and also protecting us and i think that ties in very intimately to what we're talking about um which is you know we are the the biological sex that bears children and that makes us vulnerable. And you're absolutely right to point out the link with the family um, because, you know, when you, you poll women, they don't want to have abortions. What they want is for the father to step forward, to step up and support her. Um, but with the breakdown of the family, that's happening less and less. And women are finding themselves alone and afraid and feeling um, basically pressured <clears throat> into having they don't want to have you know i i in my article um cite the statistic that recently came out that found that two-thirds of women felt basically coerced or pressured into um the abortion that they had that they didn't want to have Mm -hmm. um and that's a shocking statistic and i think uh that we can absolutely um, do better than that um, as a society. Absolutely, absolutely, and I think this is this is the issue that we've all got to look at. We've really got to say, okay. Um, it, it almost it it almost seems like you know the opposition is winning because they have no, they've they've recognized what we had and what we had was was a fundamental basic structure of a very firm foundation from which. Um, the American and the Western society was coming from. 
and and that of course is the family. It is the family. You know, one of the things we we've seeing with this with these amendments that are taking place right now that that uh, since the Dobbs decision came down, is the very first thing that they are are attacking is exactly that they are taking away the rights of parents, and I have been talking uh, sort of ad nauseum almost <laughs> about this whole issue with people, and they go, oh well, it doesn't really do that, does it? It does absolutely. It does it. It takes away the rights of parents. And once you've done that, you've, you've, you've totally destroyed the family because then the parents, in, in law, the parents have no right to, to interfere, which is what this whole ballot initiative says. You may not interfere. The state may not interfere. So you can go to the state and say, somebody took my daughter to go and have, you know, my, my 14 year old daughter, you know, her, her, um, her tennis coach took her over, took, took her to have an abortion. You know, we want to have him charged. Uh, we want to do something about this, but the state may not interfere. Into, if this if this ballot initiative passes, it is so dangerous. It is so incredibly dangerous. You talk about um, <clears throat> that, that, uh, that in in your article in Newsweek, which has just come out, and excellent excellent article by the way, folks. I will put that up on our website so you can download it and read it. It's it's really amazing article. Um, you know, I, I, you you mentioned about the whole fact that the. Um, um, abortions are being, you know, women are being coerced into abor- into abortions, um, and and the only uh, the only way we can stop that in in many ways is to strengthen that family. How do you see this? If this ballot passes in Ohio, um, Ashley, what do you think is going to happen? Yeah, well, that's a great <clears throat> that's a great question, and you know, I'm not from Ohio. I don't live in Ohio. Um, But the reason someone like me is writing about this Ohio-specific initiative is because it's kind of feels like all of our fates are staked in Ohio because I think this really is a bellwether um, for where the country goes on this. And and the abortion rights movement is, uh, they're being very sneaky and they are trying to frame this as, um, oh, we're just, you know, putting a, a basic right to, abortion into the constitution. This is something reasonable. Everybody agrees on. Um, but you know, the green print is, is where, uh, the sausage is made. And, um, you're absolutely right to point out that the fine print would 100% strip away any parental rights, not just on abortion, but also on gender related issues, because the law is very careful to not use the word abortion. It uses um, words like reproductive choices, which could, you know, very easily be construed to include um, things like these um, sex change operations on minor children. So not only could the tennis coach drive, you know, your vulnerable daughter to the abortion clinic and he would be specifically protected by this initiative which would which uh, explicitly uh, points out protections for those who assist people making their quote-unquote reproductive choices um, but it could also be for the teacher in your classroom um, who your kid's classroom who drives your kid to some sort of gender clinic um, and you know I think it's very it's very important to be clear-eyed about uh, what you said, which is that there is very much a concerted effort to strip away parental rights in this country. And you don't have to look far to see that. It's happening in our schools. It's happening right here in the county where I live in Montgomery County, Maryland, where they're um, you know, explicitly trying to tell parents 
that they can't even know what their kids are learning about and being taught in the classrooms. We saw this happen with the pandemic. This is really where the battle line is right now. And this bill is so extreme um, that it would remove. So any parent trying to protect their child, uh, protect their vulnerable minor daughter from human traffickers, um, you know, creeps, Yep. Oh, you know, boyfriends who are 20 years older, uh, it would put the parents on the outs and it would protect the people who are taking advantage of, you know, minor women or children who are vulnerable for, you know, myriad reasons. And it's very sinister. And not only would it do that, but if it passes, it would also basically uh, invalidate any of Ohio's laws that um, protect women and babies. I'm talking about basic health and safety standards for abortion clinics, the kind of things that make sure that, you know, Ohio doesn't wind up with a, a Kermit Gosnell. Um, you know, any kind of common sense, uh, you know, limitations, um, on, you know, abortion for gestational age. It would strike them all down, um, and make Ohio would become one of the most extreme states in the nation on the issue of abortion and on all of this um, gender stuff for minors. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's very interesting listening to people as I've been, you know, as we've been discussing this across Ohio, it, it was, it's very interesting to, to listen to, to, uh, to teachers actually, you know, some of the teachers that were, 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 we're talking to um, are saying, and it's and it's happening not just once but many times. You know that we cannot believe what our classrooms have have become. You know they're much more concerned. The, the administration in in many of the schools, and I'm not saying all, and I you know please don't think I am, but there are many schools which would have been unthinkable even ten years ago. Ashley, you know the the, the big concern is: Are you calling your students by the right pronoun? And, you know, one teacher was saying to us, in fact, I've had more than one teacher say to this, I can't keep up with the pronouns, you know, and then the, the child, the, the pupil will go and, you know, report me and say, I'm not using the right pronouns. And, uh, you know, one other teacher said to me, I can't keep up with the names. You know, it, it'll be this name for this year and another name for next year. And, you know, and then they got all upset because of, you know, whatever's happened. And, you know, this is happening over and over and over again. This and uh, but 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 it's already happening. We but it's not in law yet. But it's already happening that the teachers may not uh, are, are told by the administration do not tell the parents that this is going on. So we've got this this cloak and dagger stuff happening in our schools, and in the meantime, the 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 test scores are tanking, tanking. You know, and and I look back, Ashley, and I think about my goodness. When we think about the the best way to control a population is to is to have people not very well educated. This is where we're going with our education right now. It's 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 frightening in lots of ways. Oh, you're absolutely right. And you know, I think that you know. So when you hear when parents hear um, the uh, pro-abortion side trying to frame this ballot initiative. Um, you know, <clears throat> and say, oh, this this isn't taking away parents' rights. I mean, they should look to their own experience in schools and what they see going on around them um, to know that there's very much a concerted effort to drive a wedge between parents and children um, and take away parents' most basic rights 
um, to protect their children and to make, you know, the most basic decisions about how to raise their kids. Mm-hmm. I'm going to sort of, I'm going to jump around a little bit right now because I'm very interested to know um, how you have, dis- you you are in the education world. I mean, you, you've taught in the various co- um, universities and colleges, etc. Are you finding it uh, sort of different from when you first entered into the education world as it is now? You know, that's an interesting question. I've always um, argued that if you want to see the direction the country's going, that universities are about 10 years ahead of us. Um, and I, I did go to a very sort of radical liberal school and was pretty shocked by the stuff that was going on there. Um, and I, I would say that it certainly has gotten more, um, extreme. And I think probably the saddest thing is that's happened since when I went to college and versus what I see now when I speak at universities is um, when I was in school, there was still a willingness and even an eagerness to engage and debate on these issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas now everything is just shut down and silenced. Um, and, you know, again, to go back to this ballot initiative, I think it's almost an attempt to sort of um, silence voters. I mean, that's really what this is about is, is just pulling the rug out from underneath voters and silencing their voices in the ballot box um, as to what kind of basic common sense protections they want for children, for women, for babies, um, for parents, and to just shut it all down, ironically, all in the name of rights. I mean, mm-hmm. this is framed as, as, as a rights issue, and all it does is strip away everybody's rights except um, and, and instead enshrine the rights of abortionists and the, you know, thugs and pimps that drive women and girls to abortion clinics. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and you know, you're so, I, my husband and I were talking about this yesterday and, and saying, you know, if you, if you hear, a f- right now, if you hear a slogan that's being pushed by the left and by the woke groups, you can be sure it's a lie that they have yep. thought up and are now pushing it out there as the truth. I mean, in Ohio, the big thing is don't take away our majority vote. You, you're, you're stripping us out. You're, 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 you're turning us into a, you know, a, a, a terrible state because all our rights are being re- destroyed because we're going to do, have a constitution that d- d- demands actually less than the, uh, than the, uh, the U.S. constitution demands in order to, to change it. But, but, you know, at the same time, you, you look at this, they are saying that if you, if we go from a 50 plus one vote to a 60%, which is very normal. That's very normal. Oh, you have suddenly, you've taken away people's rights to vote. You've, I mean, that's the majority rule is, uh, you know, 50 plus one. And somebody pointed out very well, well, America is not a, not a democracy. It's a republic. So, you know, there's a little bit of difference there. But anyway, that's a whole other story. But then you go and you look at what is the Democrat party? What are they doing? In Ohio, the Democrat party requires 60% of its delegates to vote in favor of a, of a constitutional change. The ACLU requires a 60% vote in order to change their constitution. Planned Parenthood um, demands a 66% vote in order to change their... I mean, you go down the line, you go through all of these different organizations that are the ones that are screaming the loudest, and they are touting what they don't want to happen in their own, but they're using it as... They're, they're making a lie 
the truth. It's so frustrating. How do we deal with that frustration, Ashley? Maybe you've got the, the, the magic solution here. I don't know. I get so frustrated. No, I wish I did, but you're absolutely right. I mean, I think that the ballot initiative actually has some language about women's health and safety in it, like the yes, actual name, yeah. yeah. which is so sick and twisted because the initiative, if it passes, would basically invalidate any basic health yep. and safety standards for abortion clinics, including requiring doctors to have admitting privileges so that yep. is subjected to a botched abortion. Uh, she doesn't just show up at the hospital bleeding and they're having to start from scratch um, in, you know, a dire emergency, just basic, basic stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think you're absolutely right I'm, too. I mean, I sort of, anything I hear and see presented to me, I just automatically state to to really read um, the text and to think about, you know, what are the logical implications of saying uh, that there can be absolutely, you know, the sky is the limit in terms of what that means. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right because I think this is exactly where we're going. I mean, we have to, we have to at some point in time push back, folks. And you know, I think this is exactly what you know with people like you doing this and, and doing it from a national. It's interesting that you at a national level have, have seen this and are starting to take note. I, I think, I think for me that's a great hope when I see you know people like Ashley McGuire getting involved in this and, and writing articles on it. I am very, very encouraged because I think, I think one of the things, and you can disagree with me or not, but actually one of the things I think is that the good thing that's happened out of this ballot initiative in Ohio is we, you know, we had six ballot initiatives during the last election and they all passed. Um, they all, they all allowed this extreme, uh, these uh, amendments to happen to their constitutions. Um, and, what what that has done is put us on notice and it has really started a very very deep and and meaningful i think meaningful discussion even though it's frustrating to watch this happening even though it's frustrating the discussion is now out in the open would you agree yeah no i do and um i think that you know the other side has uh overdone it with this one um you know they as you pointed out they've been successful in other states sneaking these through and they took this one too far and the language is just opens up um the law to too much extremism such that not only are people in ohio uh, waking up and fighting back but all over the country and saying whoa uh the entire um what overturning roe v wade meant was that finally for the first time in 50 years voters can have a say on these issues of deep moral consequence and what they're trying to do in Ohio is take that away um take it completely away and I think people are just um they're fed up yeah they are it's just going to be a matter of and you know this is probably always the same thing but folks we have to turn out and vote please 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 come out and vote we have it's going to be those you know the side that gets the most number of votes out to to the to the ballot box, and I would really suggest to everybody that you if you can please apply right now as you're listening to this if you're in your car wherever you are, go online order yourself an absentee ballot and and get a mail in ballot and and vote. 
as soon as you can, because that way it, it stops any monkey business with the ballots from the polling stations, as we know as has happened in the past. I am very, very encouraged, though, too, Ashley. We've, we've had a wonderful, you know, our, our Secretary of State here in Ohio has done an incredible job of tightening up our uh, voting process. So we, we are in a very good place from that perspective. But don't take chances, folks. Let's get those votes in as soon as you can. Go to the Secretary of State's website and order your early ballot if you haven't already got it. And vote now. Vote now. Ashley, thank you, thank you, thank you. And my goodness, I'm so honored that you came on the program the, the day before you have your fifth baby. So th- good luck to, tomorrow. That's my <laughs> Thank you so much. It was my pleasure. Absolutely. God bless you lots. Thank you. You too. Don't go anywhere. I will be back with you right after this very short break with another world-class inspiring guest. 